I also want to use this opportunity to welcome those who are worshipping with us through LifeGate Outreach TV, listening to this message or listening to the audio podcast on iTunes or Buzzsprout. I want to say God bless you and may God continue to multiply your testimonies also in the name of Jesus. We really want to thank God because uh, we are entering into the last two months of the year 2018. Let's give the Lord a big hand. This year has been one of the most interesting years of my life. I, by the grace of God, am 49 years old and I will be 50 years old next year by the special grace of God. I say my age very confidently and anywhere. I don't care about anything. People say they don't say their age. I don't know anything about that. But I want to say that I've seen 49 years of glorious, glorious manifestations of God, but nothing like 2018. 2018 is so far a year for me, a year of great, great accomplishments. And I really want to thank God for that privilege. And I believe that every one of us has a testimony for this year. And the year still remains about eight weeks, thereabouts. And I want to assure you that God is not done with you just yet. So continue to trust him, continue to believe him, continue to appreciate him for his goodness. And we will see him manifest greatly in diverse ways in Jesus' name. So we want to thank God for what he's been doing, and we are starting a brand new series today to commemorate this great thing that God is doing for us. Hallelujah. We are looking today uh, to start on our series of Prospering by Divine Help. Somebody say, Prospering by Divine Help. Help. Amen. And uh, this is basically taking us into our covenant season of uh, prosperity, which basically is... Sorry, I'm trying to get this myself. I believe it's up now. Okay. And um, that's our banner there. And what we have, by the grace of God, is uh, a series of nine teachings, mostly eight, because we will have our Celebrate the King teaching in this, as part of this. But those topics we see there around the theme, Prospering by Divine Help, will be what we'll be looking at. It's difficult a bit to read, but then it is, the first one is on uh, receiving help for a productive lifestyle. And this, the Lord laid on my heart uh, earlier on this year that um, when we look in the matters of divine help, we ought to be able to see how God actually helps us to prosper in diverse ways. You see, it is, the Bible says that it is the Lord that gives us power to make wealth. It is God that makes us prosper. Whatever way we define prosperity, true prosperity comes from God. Now, the standards of the world has defined prosperity in many ways. And many people have even argued that how about people who do not have an inkling of who God is or who actually hate God or talk bad about God, and yet they seem to be prospering. But the Bible makes us to understand. The Bible says in Psalm 71 that David said, I did not also understand that how do people who have a disregard for God tend to prosper and do well. He said, it was until I went into the temple then I understood their end. Then I understood that there are two different kinds of prosperity. There is a prosperity that leads nowhere, but there is a prosperity that leads to eternal life. Praise the Lord. It is part of eternal life and leads to eternal life with God in the hereafter. This is the prosperity that God commands. This is the one God spoke to Joshua about and called it good success. He said that when you study the word of God, you meditate on it, and you practice what is in it, he said you shall observe to do everything in it, and you shall have good success. This is the definition 
of prosperity that we know as believers. And so we must not lose the fact that it is not just a measure of wealth or a display of affluence that any human being can demonstrate if they operate some natural laws of life. If a person is very good in business, they can't make good money from that business. If a person is good in any trade, in any profession, they can't become good and make a lot of money from it and live a so-called affluent life. But without the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible says, what does it profit a man? Mark chapter 8 verse 36. What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Without a connection to the Lord Jesus Christ, souls are lost no matter how prosperous they become even here on earth. So when we talk about divine prosperity and we talk about prospering by divine help, we must recognize that we are talking about the God kind of prosperity, the ordained kind of prosperity for the children of God. And I pray that God will continue to help us to walk in that realm in the name of Jesus. One verse we will be reading from time to time in this series is 3 John chapter 2, or verse 2. 3 John 1 is one chapter, verse 2. The Bible says, let's read together. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This tells us that every kind of desire of God, even though this was a prayer, that John was praying for a man called Gaius. But the truth of the matter is that this is the heart of God. John was a man who we know that was very close to Jesus Christ. And his writings were very prolific in terms of God's mind for the church. Right up to Gen Revelation, after Jesus departed and ascended into heaven, he was the only one that still got a wind of the end time church from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We studied that some time back on the Isle of Patmos when he was banished there. The Lord appeared to him and told him, I am the Alpha and the Omega, and he began to reveal to him what was going to happen in the last times. That is the John that said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, uh, even as your soul prospers. So it is God's desire that we prosper. So this is God's will for his children. The word prosperity and productivity is one of the things, the word prosperity just simply means to flourish, to do well, okay? Literal meaning. Now, in, in, in all honesty, the Bible makes us to understand also that we are to be productive as part of our prospering. Amen. We are to be productive. And when we talk about pro productivity, we are talking about, uh, this is why in this um, topic today we are looking at how to receive help to have a productive lifestyle. Productivity is God's will for us. And we are talking about the ability to generate or produce large quantities of anything. Productivity means you have an ability to generate big things. You have the ability to generate more than what seems to be your capacity. You have the ability to continue to produce. This is why a productive man and a productive woman will produce children. At times two, three, four, five, I've seen a person who has 42 children. One person, one man, not from the same wife, but then one man. Because man has the ability to reproduce much more than he can imagine. And so God is wanting us to be productive, not just in the matters of fruit, uh, child, child rearing, but in every area of life. The Thesaurus of Oxford Dictionary gives us parallel uh, words to the word productive. It talks about being prolific, being inventive, being creative, being dynamic, being energetic, vigorous, effective. These are the kind of words that I also use to describe the principle of productivity. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and verse 28 tells us the very, very heart of God. The first words to the man God created referred to productivity. Let's read it together. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's shout verse 28 together. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth somebody say be fruitful look at your neighbor and say i permit you to be fruitful by the mercies of god i command you to multiply as it has been said concerning you by the mercies of God you will multiply you will increase you will not remain small in the name of Jesus I have told you many times those two that two letter word B is so important when God says B he doesn't just say be by reason of the word, the meaning of the word that you have the potential to be. What he also has done is to put his spirit into the word be. That is why when Jesus came and he says, be healed, the people did not just hear the word of healing. They also received the grace to be healed. Hallelujah. Anytime you see that word again in your Bible, be fruitful, receive the word as a command and receive the word as a permission. Receive the word as an enablement. Hallelujah. It's like if my children are going to school and I say, take your lunch money. Not only have I commanded them to have lunch, but I've also given them the money to be able to have the lunch. The word be there carries every power of God that is resident in what you and I need to be fruitful and to multiply. Hallelujah. This is a mindset we must have about this and it changes how we perceive things. He said be fruitful and multiply. In the message Bible, the words fruitful and multiply are substituted with the words prosper and reproduce. So we can also say be prosperous and reproduce reproduction is simply bringing about after your own kind in manifold this is why when you see a man have one child two children three children and uh, the moment they appear in many cases you start to see the features of the man the features of their mother at times the features of even their grandparents because it is inside everyone to reproduce after their own kind. The only difference is how much the genes can struggle for space. Some genes are so dominant that when you see a man and his son, they, they, there's nothing that the, the son uses to resemble the wife or the mother. That is a very strong gene. And number one, number two, number three, then you know that that man has a very strong gene. <laughs> and at times it's the woman. Praise the Lord. So there is inside everyone the ability to reproduce after their own kind. So when he says be fruitful and multiply, he says I've given you everything that you need. But this kind of multiplication, this kind of fruitfulness, this kind of productivity is something that must come to us 
in the order of our spirit, soul, and body makeup. We are a tripartite natural uh, person. We are three parts in one. Man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in the body as we know. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is one key verse that reminds this reminds us of this. Verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. The word sanctify means separate you unto the calling of God. Separate you unto the will of God. Separate you unto the nature of God. Separate you into eternal life. Sanctification is not just walking in holiness and walking about with a tag that says, I am holy, or dressing in a certain way. What sanctification means is that he pulls you out and he says completely, completely. He pulls you out completely. He sanctifies you, detaches you from the limitations of the world, detaches you from the godlessness in the world, detaches you from the things that hinder people in the world system. He said, may he sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. The word blameless there means to be restored to the original. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, where man was without blame. To restore man to that intention, original intention of God, where man was without sin. To make you operate in that order of the Adamic nature, which Jesus now brought back to us as a result of his death and resurrection. To give you the full benefit of it. He said, I am calling you. May he sanctify you completely and may your body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes, all he's looking for is faith. All he's looking for are people who have taken these words and are acting on it. Let's read verse 24 together to let us know that this is not by power indeed, nor by might. This is why I like when our life singers choose songs. You need to understand that we, the, the songs they choose do not just represent a singing time. They prepare us for these messages. And I want to encourage you, if you come late for praise and worship, please change and come in time. The songs we sang today are fully much in line, perfectly with what God has laid on our hearts to share. And apart from giving them the topic, they have no other thing. They don't have access to my notes. But it's true, it's not by power, nor by might, but by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Spirit will lead us to the place where we, our faith will be without borders. This is what it's all about. The Bible says, he who, come on, read it with me. He who calls you is faithful, who also will what? Do it. So to become sanctified and separated onto a productive lifestyle is not by power nor by might, but by his spirit. The problem with the body of Christ today and with many people is that we are trying to become productive in our own physical strengths. The Bible says, by strength shall no man prevail. You and I must understand that we need God to help us. This is why the whole theme of these next eight weeks is how we can understand how to invite God to help us in diverse areas of our lives that will represent the prosperity of our soul, the prosperity of our bodies, and the prosperity of our spirit man. So as a regenerated people, we are to be productive in the spirit and productive in our souls and in our bodies. When we talk, I'll just very, very quickly, very quickly tell you the differences between spiritual productivity, productivity of the soul, and the physical productivity, which we'll be breaking down over the next few weeks and looking at different aspects thereby. Spiritual productivity involves a commitment to spiritual growth, soul winning, and discipleship. We must understand that when we get born again, it is the first step. 
Now, that first step enlists us in the army of the Lord and enlists us on a pathway to spiritual productivity, spiritual prosperity. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on. Somebody say move on. Say increase. Say improve. He said, let us go on to perfection. Let us improve towards perfection. A lot of believers today are happy with being born again because they have been assured that it takes them to heaven. While that is good, we must understand that God's intention is not for us to become born again and remain baby born again Christians. He wants us to move on into perfection perfection talks about the very nature of christ matthew 5 48 the bible says be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect perfection talks about the very god kind of nature when you get born again you don't attain it immediately in fact none of us will attain it until we see him in glory but we should be moving closer and closer to it we must be committed to spiritual perfection spiritual development Everybody examining yourself on a daily basis, like I said last week, looking at where you are. Friends, there are days you will fall short. Don't let anyone deceive you, whoever you are. There are days that you will find yourself performing very well and performing very well. And then there are certain days that you find that somehow your spiritual life is not going in the direction of growth. And then you take stock, you examine yourself, you look at the little, little foxes that have come in to spoil the vine. Have you started giving time to something that is affecting your spirit, man? Then you break it off. Have you entered into a relationship that is not good, either business or casual, that is not good for you? You break it off. You do the step, you take the steps that will help you to remain committed to that place where you are increasing, moving on to perfection, not just staying in the foundation of repentance. Foundation of repentance from dead works is just the first step. We must keep going on towards perfection. And may God continue to help us to move higher and higher in him. In the name of Jesus. So spiritual productivity means that we are committed to spiritual growth. If you can pray one hour this month, you want to go beyond that next month. You want to keep increasing. You want to keep the ability to study the word some more. You want to engage with the things of God that will help you some more in Better commitment to soul winning and discipleship. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 tells us, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us is the seed. The ministry of reconciliation given to us is the fruit we must bear. We are reconciled as a first step unto the Lord, but we must understand that he has given us, as part of that reconciliation, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So he has saved us to go out and become saviors to others in the name of the Lord. When he sent out the two disciples, when he sent out the uh, disciples two by two, the Bible says they came back and they said, wow, master, even the spirits were subject to us in your name. Because he has sent them out. He said, in my name, you shall cast out demons. In my name, you shall heal the sick. He said, when you are preaching the gospel, he said, you will be going out there and you will be making disciples of all nations. 
So we must continue to commit to the place of soul winning and the place of also discipleship. Christianity that is contended with not reaching out to others is a dodgy Christianity. There must be a heart desire, a heart cry to want to see yourself grow and to want to see yourself put the word of God in the life of other people and see them come into reconciliation like yourself and also become a people who are growing thereby. Many of us know that when we have physical children, we desire to see them grow very quickly. We desire to see them grow very quickly. We, we watch them. We are excited when they take those first steps and they start to walk by themselves. But that excitement usually lasts just for two days. By the time they pull down your television and pull down your, all the things, you say, oh no, just a few weeks ago, it was better for me when you could not move about like this. But really, it thrills every parent to see a child grow and move from stage one stage of development to the other. When your child is 15 and 16 and 20, you start to talk about investments with them. You start to talk about your future plans. You start to talk about partnership with them. You don't discuss those things with them when they are five, when they are four. At that time, it's a very different stage of life. But when your child is 15, 16, 17, 20, and you want to have those heart-to-heart discussions with them, and you are finding that they are still comprehending the things of four-year-olds and three-year-olds and still struggling with them, it becomes a source of concern. This is how God wants to discuss matters of importance with us since we've been born again five years, ten years, twenty years. He is wishing to discuss bigger things of ministry with us. But many times when he comes, he doesn't find the man that he's looking for. He doesn't find the woman that he's looking for. He still finds a child. May God continue to help us to grow. In the name of Jesus. Productivity of the soul involves a continuous change of thinking pattern towards the perfect will of God. So spiritual productivity involves what? A commitment to spiritual growth soul winning and discipleship but the productivity of the soul involves us having a continuous change of a thinking pattern your mind must be renewed romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 the bible says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is what your reasonable service he said and do not be conformed to this world but be what transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good that good and acceptable and perfect will of god there is a perfect will of god in everything i said there is a perfect will of god in everything you and i can only discover it by the power of the renewed mind the more you find yourself not being able to determine and decipher the will of god in any situation it means the more you need to work on your mind the more you need to work on your mind. And it is not as difficult as it tends to be. The more you take time to understand the word, study the word of God and understand the word of God and submit to the authority of the word of God, the more you discover the perfect will of God readily, easily. God is not saying anything new. Everything he has needed to say, he has said in his word. It is discovery that is new. Everything. He said, I am the Alpha and the omega if there was anything to conclude he would have said i am the alpha but keep waiting for the omega 
He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. The Bible makes us to start the word of God with the word in the beginning. And it ends the Bible with Amen. That is, so shall it be. It has been spoken and it will continue to manifest as my children discover it. It takes a renewal of the mind. When I, I always challenge Christians that many times what we do as Christians is we read a set of the things that God has said. We can quote them. We can preach them. We can use them to counsel others. We can say it is written in the Bible. The Bible says this. The Bible says that. But when it comes to physical manifestation of those same things we are quoting, we are usually falling short. Because there is a disconnect of a renewed mind that is not willing to be conformed, to be transformed, but is still conformed, is conformed to the physical. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. When your mind is conformed to the physical, it becomes very difficult for it to comprehend the things of God. So spiritual productivity and soul, the productivity of your soul, you know that your soul involves your willpower, your intellect, your emotions. If you cannot let your emotions be subject to the word of God, it will be conformed to the pattern of this life. So it boils and rises by circumstances around you. But when the Bible makes you to understand that this is a day that the Lord has made and your portion, the portion of your soul is to rejoice and be glad in it and you allow your mind to be transformed to that truth, whatever, someone say whatever, whatever is happening around you will never be sufficient not to make you rejoice. The thing you need to live in that perpetual rejoicing promised by the word of God that connects you to it is a transformed mind. A mind that is no longer conformed to the pattern of this world. A conformed mind will tell you, don't fool yourself. This is about to kill you. This is a destroyer. Don't fool yourself. It destroyed A, it destroyed B, it destroyed C. This medical condition is something that has killed thousands. Don't fool yourself. That is a conformed mind. A transformed mind will say that is the doctor's report. But the word of the Lord says to me, whose report will I believe? Hallelujah. A transformed mind will say, no, it is written concerning me that by his tribe, I am healed. Not that I'm going to be healed. I am healed. And a transformed mind continues to make warfare to overcome those things that are trying to conform it to the world. But you and I must surrender our minds to the Lord to allow himself to work on us so that we can continue to be productive in our soul. It applies to every aspect of your soul. Your intellect is not dull. Some time ago, I started praying. I said, Lord, when I got to understand much more about the condition called dyslexia, I started to pray. I said, Lord, have mercy on me and many teachers in many countries that have no idea that there is a condition of the enemy like this. Many children have been written off and called dullards and dullheads. Not knowing that these children have nothing wrong with them, they just have a very slow and different learning style. And I felt like crying the day I really reflected on it, that Lord, I mean, I, by the grace of God, not that I've been that wicked to anybody, but I know that we have, as children, we laughed, we laughed at some children who used to come last in primary school. We laughed at them because we felt they just were, were not serious. We didn't understand that nothing was wrong with them. It's just that they had a different learning style. Some teachers 
will, will put a big zero like that on their work and draw face on it and tell them, useless child. That is a report. <laughs> Somebody say, Lord have mercy. And these are conditions. But you know what? When we come into the word of God and we understand the sanctifying nature of the, of the word that says that the memory of the righteous is blessed. What do we do? We begin to use this, the word of God to sanctify such children. We begin to speak the mind of God into them. We begin to speak the word of God and to cause them to, to be exposed to that word that will not keep them in the place that the enemy is trying to keep them. Thank God for the support that is given in the West for physical support for such children or such people to learn under different conditions and to be able to, to appreciate better. I have had PhD students who, who cannot speak, who cannot hear, who can barely hear and cannot speak. And they are writing PhDs, doctorates, doing very well, more than people who can even who have four years. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with any human being that God created. We just need to discover how they come to our PhD meetings with, uh, I'm sure you know one of them, they come to our PhD meetings with, with interpreters and typists, people who will type for them what I'm saying to them, and then I will listen to the person. I will say, do you understand that point? We will ask the interpreter what I said, and that one will, will show him by sign language what I said. And then I will, I will talk. I'm talking with him, but I'm looking at the interpreter because that's the person that understands me. Praise the Lord. Now, he's writing a PhD. A PhD. So we, there is no human being on earth. There is no human being on earth that is limited. The only limitation we have is when we don't allow ourselves to subject ourselves to the word of God. Now that is just on a normal intellectual level. When we come into the spiritual matter of things, we pray to break the barriers that the enemy tries to put and impose on people. May God continue to give us deliverance. In the name of Jesus. There's a professor in my university now. He doesn't speak as well. He doesn't speak. He doesn't hear. And he teaches languages. <laughs> he can only see, but he teaches language. Understand? That's how he teaches. He's gone all over. He's a professor. He's gone all over the world. Published books in volumes. There is no limiting the mind of man when God said, be fruitful. When he said, multiply. He spoke it to every human being he created. Every human being, whether you are a Christian or non-Christian, you have the inherent ability to be fruitful and to multiply. The only difference is that when you are a child of God, it is also expected of you to reproduce after your kind spiritually. Praise the Lord. Finally, physical productivity entails our doing of good works and serving God with every gift that God has endowed us with. We read this in Titus chapter 3 verse 8. He said, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to do what? Maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. These are the things we took the last set of nine weeks to learn. How to be profitable, how to do good works in our teaching, how to do good works in our medical profession, how to do good works in our healthcare professions, how to do good work in the various things we do in logistics and transports and building and all the kind of things that God has given us the opportunity to do. We are to be productive in those things. And this is why we must understand that physical productivity is not limited it also involves being productive in marriage, being productive in childbearing, being productive in business and employment and uh, all those sort of things. God wants us to be productive in those areas as well. 
So Christians are not just a people from the, from the moon or from some planet called heaven who are in this world and to live an isolated life. We are to be productive in engaging with the wisdom of God even as we are in this world and we are not of this world. We must always live in the conscientious nature of awareness of talent and time. We must be aware that we have talents given by God. We have read Matthew 25 many times. I want to pick a few verses from it. Verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, to another one, to each one according to what? His own ability. And then he immediately went on a journey. I want us to shout verse 19 together. Go straight to verse 19. And the Bible says, After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Every talent that you and I have been given, we will give an account someday. Let us not be like the one servant who buried his one talent and was not productive with it. Let us be like the one who took the two and made good of it. Let's be like the one who took the five and made good of it. Because there will be a day of reckoning where we must be facing the judgment. The believer's judgment is no longer a judgment of going to heaven or hell. A believer is going to heaven, no doubt, as long as he remains a believer. But there will be an appraisal, and an appraisal of how much of your talents that you have used here on earth. This is why the Bible said everyone will be rewarded according to his work. You and I must understand that there are crowns that are waiting for us. There are promises of God that have shown us that the more we have been able to engage with our talents, like that parable was told, we will hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest of thy Lord. May that be our portion in Jesus' name. We must also know that there we must be consciousness of time. There is a need for us to be conscious of time. You see, time waits for no one. Time passes by. People say that they spend time. We must do everything we can to invest time. Time would go whether you are doing anything with it or not. When I started this about 40 minutes ago, time was where it was. Time is where it is now. If I had come here and have stood here for 40 minutes and have not said anything, whether I said anything or not, the same 40 minutes would have gone. Time does not wait for you to do what is right or wrong. Time just simply keeps going. You must keep knowing how to. The Bible says, let us not, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. He says, see that you do walk circumspectly, not as fools, not as people who have a disregard for God. He says, walk as the wise. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Parents, redeem the time because the days are evil. There are plenty of messages out there trying to confuse young children. Parents, engage with the time. Learn things. Don't just sit down and watch African movie channel. What is it called? African channel movie. (laughs) Nine hours. African magic. What are you doing with African magic? 
when there is research that is going on about people who are trying to convince children that they don't have to be one gender, where there are things going on where are trying to confuse children that they don't have to follow any religion, where there are loads of messages going out and going into the heart of five-year-olds, six-year-olds, ten-year-olds, telling them that they can be free thinkers and they don't have, they don't have to believe in any god or any deity. Hmm. We must wake up and engage with such things and look at where their ideologies are coming from and do our own research so that when those children ask questions, don't just say, leave me alone. You ask a terrible question because you don't know the answer. (laughs) Don't do that. When they ask, say, son, I don't quite know, but please give me time. Go and do research. If you don't understand, ask people that you think should understand. Say, my son, ask me. He say, I'm feeling like a woman inside the body of a man, and my name is called John. I believe there is no John among them now. My name is called John. I'm feeling like a woman inside. Mom, what should I do? Don't say, go away. This is stupid boy. Well, what is your, your name is John. Hey, don't, don't, don't just say that. Don't, 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 don't just say that. Don't just say that. Take those things and say, son, I, will, I, I, I want to understand what is happening with you. Tell me more about it. Whatever they say, note it down. If you need counsel, get counsel. If not, go on. Re- These days you can do your own research so easily from your telephone, from your iPad. Study it so that you can understand. Use that time productively. Engage with your own son. Then you may find one or two things you can say to them. And then please, if it needs to be escalated and to be prayed for, please do so. Don't hold it yourself. We are in a warfare. The Bible says, redeeming the time. Read it with me. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. You think the evil man is a joke? Satan is not a gentleman. He's not a gentleman. He's not joking at all. He's doing his business of stealing, killing, and destroying every day. We must rise up to engage time. Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 4, I must walk the walk of him who sent me while it is day. Because the night is coming when no one can walk. If you look at your age 10 years ago, it's not what you are now. It's very easy. Very easy. It doesn't take long. When you were 20, if you are 30 years old, now when you were 20, to become 30 looked like a year, a, 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 a lifetime away. <laughs> but now you are 35. <laughs> And you like, where, where did 15 years go? No, no, nobody knows. So when I'm counseling young ladies, I say, I'm, I'm seeing very young, I'm seeing very young. I said to them, hey, this is very young you are seeing. <laughs> very soon you become a mama. <laughs> when I was very, very young, very young, I was just about um, six, 15, 14. Uh, there used to be a reverend minister we had in my parents' church. He's now gone to be with the Lord. Very funny man. He said one day he was in a commercial vehicle and somebody said to him, Baba, move aside. He said in his mind, he never imagined that he was the one the person was calling Papa. Because in his mind, he was still feeling young, feeling vibrant. And the person kept on saying, Papa, move aside. We need to sit. And then he looked at the boy. Am I the one you're calling Papa? (laughs) The boy said, yeah, Papa. (laughs) You never know, but everybody around you is seeing that it is passing. You stand in front of that mirror, you say, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, no, you are going. <laughs> Hallelujah. Time is passing, it waits for no one. Hallelujah. May you continue to enjoy every day and every moment of your life. In the name of Jesus. If you don't rise up to do what God says you should do per time, a time comes you can't do it anymore. You must understand that the energy and the vibrancy I have now, I thank God that I still have it. I am grateful to God for it, but not many of my age, not many of my age mates still have it. Believe me, and I'm not trying to boast about this. 
you must understand that if you are to do something at age 25, you might still be able to do it at 50, but you may struggle much more than when you were 25. So when God says, and I believe in the God of second chance and the God that gives permission and allowance, when God says you should do something, just be productive about it and move in time. Jesus shows us, as I close this now, in two ways that we must, we can receive divine help for a productive lifestyle. Number one, we read it in our text, so I won't go over it again, is in John 15. We can receive help through his word. Let's read John 15, go straight to verse 7. He said, if anyone, if you abide in me, verse 7, thank you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. The word of God must abide in you plenty so that you can see what God is desiring for you. It is the word of God that keeps us in the productive lifestyle when the things are looking different. The day I found from scripture that Jesus said, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And he said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That day I discovered and I made up my mind that I will not allow anything called burnout to be my portion. When I was studying to come into this role, I found, I looked at many things. Things that made ministry work. Things that made people burn out. Things that make people fall into sin. Things that make people arrogant. Things that make people proud. Things that make people not progress. All those sort of things. I was looking for it and I still research those things. Because there are examples all over the place you can learn from. Praise the Lord. So one of the things I found was that many people were burning out because the overwhelming nature of ministry and pastors' wives were burning out, turning to drugs secretly to cope with the pressure of ministry. I said, Lord, you cannot call a person to come and make him start using drugs so, just so that he can become a, <laughs> he can do pastor work. Something is wrong. Or to come and burn out and their children will suffer and they, because father burnt out doing ministry. Something is not wrong. Then I discovered in scripture that Christ has already made the provision that when the weight is getting heavy, you come to him. You cast it onto him. He said, cast my cares upon you for my, my he said, for, for I care for you. For I care for you. So a pastor who burns out or a leader who burns out or a father who burns out in the place of carrying a burden given so-called by the responsibility of life is one that has not allowed themselves to go before the Lord and unleash their burden to him. Many men says, in this family, the buck stops here. The buck does not stop anywhere with you. It stops with Jesus Christ. He is the head of the father. He is the head of the husband. Yes, thank God. The Bible says you are the head of your, of your wife, but the truth is that the buck does not stop with you. Which buck stops with you? If you let it stop with you, it will kill you. So you let the buck, as it comes, you pass it on to the Lord. As it comes, you pass it on to the Lord. The next big bill comes, pass it on to the Lord. The next big thing to worry from the extended family 7,000 miles away, pass it on to the Lord. Then you find yourself living in a more productive life, engaging with God and allowing God to do greater things for you. You find all this in the world. It was not written again in the Bible. It has been there before, but I discovered it for myself. That is why I sleep and wake up when I need to sleep and wake up by the grace of God. I pray that God will help you to walk in a divine order of rest. In the name of Jesus. Finally, we receive help by the Holy Spirit. That was my thought finally. I was counting myself. We receive help by the Holy Spirit. 
We receive help by the Holy Spirit. The first thing is receive help as we abide in his word. But the second thing is we receive help by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a perfect spirit. If we are going on to perfection, we must depend on the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide us into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell us of things to come. This is the power of God that is at work in us. It lets us, according to Ephesians 3.20, it lets us do more than we can ever ask or think. The Bible says it is able to work in us. That power is at work in us. Say it is at work in me. That power is at work in me. This is the power of God in us that helps us to desire and do the will of God. Philippians 2.13 The Bible says he can walk in us both to do. He walks in us both to will and to do. Of his good for his good pleasure. It is the power that is at work in us to quicken our mortal bodies. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Write that down. Romans 8 11. He said, If that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your mortal bodies through his spirit. So when you are feeling weak and tired in your body and you are meant to do the things of God, you say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And then he comes into you. Many times when I wake up for our morning prayers at 5 a.m., because I slept maybe at 1 or 2 some days, I am still a bit physically drained. But the moment I wake up and I say, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. I don't stay in the same room. As I'm walking downstairs to go to the place I normally do the web conferencing, I start to feel the energy come back. That's why when you get there many times, except maybe once or twice, you got there at 5 a.m., you didn't hear my voice. You'll hear my voice by 5 a.m. I was joking with them last week. I said, don't think I'm smoking something. That What is wrong with this man? It's always there by 5 a.m. There's nothing I'm smoking or using. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You need it to understand. The Bible says he is able to quicken your mortal bodies. Praise the Lord. He can inspire us for divine direction. Isaiah 30, 21. Write that down. Isaiah 30, 21. He said, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you hear this voice, life becomes more productive for you. Hallelujah. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2 are scriptures we have read of the sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit of God many times. He helps us with wisdom. Verse 2. He helps us with wisdom, with counsel. Go to verse 2, please. He helps us with wisdom, with understanding, with counsel, with might. As I said, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We all need the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us. Without him, we can do nothing. And I want to encourage you today that the productivity that God has already ordained for you from the foundation of the earth will surely be your portion. Just rely on the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't rely on your strength because by strength shall no man prevail. In the name of Jesus. Let's try to our feet and begin to bless you.